Welcome back to the Next Generation Podcast. Today I'm very excited to be joined by Master Fahim Abu Bakr, who is good friend and old instructor. Yeah, I had to I had to dip out of his classes because he was beating me up too much. Um, Master Fahim has 15 years of experience with martial arts, and he studied under two lineages, one with uh, his grandfather and one with his great uncle. Uh, his grandfather, uh, Grandmaster Abu Bakr, and great uncle, Grandmaster Zeki. With his great uncle, he is a third Dan, a third degree black belt. And with his grandfather, he is a first degree black belt. And both of his grandmasters took on the style and methodology of Bruce Lee, which is take what is useful and leave what isn't. By doing so, they have each developed their own style of martial arts. Isn't that right, Fahim? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Um, a correction. I'm not a master yet. Mm. I'm not a master yet. Um, I would consider, well, yes, I'm considered as a, as a, um, in Arabic, we call it Mustad, the instructor. Mm. Okay. Okay. Sensei, Sifu, under those guidelines. You know what's I mean, funny? Uh-huh. Anyone else, any other field or any other category, if someone says they have 15 years of experience, they'd be like, yeah, I'm an expert. Yeah, I'm an expert. You better put that respect on my name. Give me that doctor title. Give me all of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allah increase me, man. That's, you know, I respect it. I respect the humility and the, um, you know, discipline. And I'm guessing that most of that comes from all of your experience in martial arts and also your experience in growing up as a Muslim as well. Right. Yes, most definitely. Most definitely, you know, one thing that I'm learning and continue to learn over the years is, is trying to be more, more humble. Yeah. You know, and the best way is humbleness and humility. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I respect that. I respect that. We need a lot more of humbleness and humility in our society. That's definitely something that we're lacking. Um, yeah, too many, really, and I think society is kind of pushing us in that direction where, where we just throw away humbleness and humility, and we're always trying to like, uh, you know, gas ourselves up essentially, and just you know talk about our achievements and our accomplishments and put our set our value to our achievements and accomplishments and not really our character anymore. Character has kind of just been chucked out the window. Yeah, it's unfortunate because we live in a time of instant gratification where people are, they expect something in return. If they do something or they pay for something, they they want to pay for a title or a label so that Mm -hmm. they can, you know, boast about it. Mm. And, oh, I have this degree, I have this title, I have this label, and this and that. Those things mean nothing to me because I'm always willing to learn more. And I'm always, you know, like a sponge. I'm always soaking in different things mm. to increase my knowledge. And, you know, hopefully um, by doing so, I can help other people pass on what I learned to other people and, and um, you know, to share what I know, the little bit that I know. And hopefully impact somebody. Mm. Inshallah. 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 Man. 
Yep. Inshallah, Allah make it easy for you. Allah make it beneficial for me. I mean, so, you know, you said you've been doing this for 15 years. I know you've got, it's in your family history and everything, but how did you personally get into martial arts and how do you define martial arts? <clears throat> so I got into the martial arts. Um, I'm going to first start with, it was my grandfather. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, he used to teach me and my brother when he was younger. Uh, martial arts, but he didn't tell us he was teaching us martial arts. He didn't tell us. Mm. It was like it was like it was just like some old school kung fu flicks where he had to do like odd things and games and stuff. But he really he was really teaching us um, different skills. Yeah, of the such. Like he so was like, like wax on, wax off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was just like that, and you know. And then he would take like a bottle cap and he'd have us play soccer with it, IP coordination, do different, different like odd things, mm. you know. And from there, um, I left New Jersey and I moved to Texas and this is where I met my uncle. And I realized he was straightforward. Mm. Everything about him was like martial artist, fighter, warrior, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was clear to me um, what I was getting myself into when I started studying with my uncle. Um, so from there, as I was studying with him, he, you know, I didn't realize what I already had. I was progressing very quickly on an, in, within my uncle's system. And he was like, oh, you got this. This, this is pretty, you know, you, you're picking this up pretty fast. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. Oh, and I, I never used to, I never said anything until I believe I got around, I want to say, almost a brown belt. And that's when I started to reflect, you know, that all of this, you know, these natural abilities is credit to Allah, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But my grandfather enabled that spark. Mm -hmm. And this is why I found interest when I came across my uncle and I, I took it even further with him. You know, my uncle helped me um, in my journey. Mm. Man. You know? Mm. So he really just you gave me foundation and you didn't even know what the foundation was for, but then it just it just clicked. Yes. Yes, that's exactly how it happened. Mm. Um, it just clicked and, you know, so I, I achieved, the, you know, some things um, with my uncle through his guidance and his instructions. You know, but I, I try not to forget where I came from and where the spark was, was, was you know, lit up at, which was on my grandfather. So that background is really, you know, it's amazing because there are a lot of people who, you know, they get into something like maybe let's say they're in high school or after they're already grown up and then they're just like, man, if I had started earlier, I could have just been so much better, so much more dedicated you know, made so many more improvements and whatnot. It, you literally, some of them will have this belief that it could have changed their life. And, you know, it's really not up to you because you don't decide anything for yourself until maybe you can try to start deciding at around the age of 10. But really, it's really what your parents are going to have you doing up until maybe yeah. your teenage years. And even then, unless you're a very strong willed person, you're still going to be doing what your parents have set for you 
unless you're a very strong-willed person, then you just don't care what your parents want you to do. And you'd be like, nah, I want to do what I want to do. But, um, you know, it really, it's all from Allah, as you mentioned, because, um, you know, Allah will give you certain, you know, certain abilities and certain uh, characteristics and certain traits, right? And then some people, you know, they'll strive super hard for something. But, you know, Allah just didn't make it possible for them or didn't make them, didn't give them that, you know, that level of proficiency with that skill. So no matter how much effort they put into it, they're not as good as somebody who's like a natural born prodigy, right? Who just has that blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to start off with. But, um, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's so true. Um, it reminds me of um, the journey that you're on right now, actually. Mm. Uh, seeking knowledge, you know, being a talaga, you mm. know, a student of, of, of knowledge. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that is chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Allah chose you mm. to go on that path. This path is not for everybody, mm -hmm. you know. We are, told, we are told this in different narrations, yeah. you know. Allah chooses these people to be hafiz of Quran, mm. you know, those who can carry that, that weight of preserving the Qur'an, you know, by Allah's permission. Mm -hmm. you know? And those who study hadith, study fiqh, and study these different sciences and Islamic mm -hmm. theology. Yeah. You know? Same thing with, with martial arts. You know, martial arts is very similar to that aspect in Islam is that not everybody can be a martial artist. Not everybody can be a fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, there are two, there are three types of people in this, in this world of martial arts. First, there are those who are the scholars, mm -hmm. then the warriors, the fighters. Very rarely you find somebody who has both. Mm. It's, it's rare to find someone who's a scholar and a warrior, warrior scholar, mm. you know. So it's a rare thing, but, you know, the same thing in, in other um, schools of thought or other um, studies, like in academia, you know, most degrees are special specialties. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that you find someone has a degree in multiple things. Mm, right, right. Practicing multiple things. Yeah, so it's, it's the same. Yeah, that's that's facts. That's facts. And you know, for any who don't know, um, you know, the the term uh, hafid is used for someone who has memorized the Quran. Uh, in its entirety, and you know, uh, uh, Fahim referenced it because we know each other personally. But um, you know, I am currently studying you know Islamic sciences and different fields of knowledge in the Islamic field from the perspective of Islamic theology. And I don't have 15 years of experience, <laughs> but um, I'm working towards you know gaining a better understanding um, for my sake and for you know the sake of benefiting others and i think that's something that you know a lot of people don't really have a good understanding of whenever they start learning something or whenever they come uh, proficient with something and that is how can i make this this skill that i have or this knowledge that i've obtained how can i make it beneficial to not just myself but to the people around me and not just to the people around me but to the entire community and then after that to the entire world because whenever we learn something, whenever we become good at something, that's, that's how we should think. That's how we should think, like, how can I make this beneficial to others? But, you know, the way that society has been, you know, uh, influencing us and whatnot, it's, 
now more so about the individual than the society as a whole, which has had many, many negative effects on us. And we see the effects all the time, all the time. But um, yeah, yeah that's even a, adding to that, mm. adding to that, we as people, we need to be more open minded and broad and our seeking of knowledge, mm. you know, instead of falling into the society's norms or the social norms, it is important that we must learn multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, because the social norm is that you must master one thing, go to school, study one science, and master that science and practice that science. You know, that's the norm. But <clears throat> I feel like mo- learning multiple things will uh, enhance the ability of communicating to pe- a more broader audience of people. And it also will help with a lot of things such as um, you can, you know how to connect with people on different levels mm. versus you one track, you're one-minded. You only know about this thing. You only associate yourself with people who are in that same field, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like that's limited. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a saying that goes around, which is the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. But that's the issue. The issue is that that is only one part of the saying. Yeah. The full saying is jack of all trades, master of none, but still better than a master of one. That is the full saying. Is that really the full saying? Yes. Huh. Look it up. Yeah. That's the full saying. But for years we are told, for years we are told, Jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Mm-hmm. There's just people took that part and just ran with it. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, through the martial arts, and as, as you may know, I've studied many different styles and systems, and I've taught in different perspectives. I try to give you guys different um, things to think about to enhance your arsenal, to enhance your, your thinking. You know, although you, you study underneath my system, but you don't look exactly like me. You look like yourself. Right. And that is the goal, is to express yourself. Remember how you were saying to express yourself? No, yeah, I remember. I'm, there's no way I could forget because, you know, we're sparring and you're just like, express yourself. But the thing is, you didn't just say express yourself. You would just be like, express yourself, express yourself. And I'm just like, no, nah, I can't. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I'm yeah. probably going to remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've given you what I saw that you can handle. Because mm. I knew you can handle a little bit more than others. Mm-hmm. If I were to treat you the same way that I treat everyone else, you wouldn't have grown to be the warrior that you are. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like if you take a player and he trains with Michael Jordan yeah. personally, right? Mm-hmm. 
the same take a 15-year-old and he trains with Michael Jordan. That 15-year-old would not be on the same level as every other 15-year-old in his class. Because mm-hmm. he's used to a different standard yeah. you know, of competition. So I had to give you competition that was befitting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Nah, and you know, I make I make jokes about it. I'm probably gonna keep teasing you about it anytime I see you. But nah, it's all love. I didn't. There was no like uh, bad feelings or any animosity that I held towards you. But the thing is, I really enjoyed the training because it definitely it pushes you. It pushes you, and mm-hmm. it really, as you said, it lets you know what you're capable of, and also what you're capable of achieving. You know, as you are, if you are consistent, you're practicing, you're thinking, and you're just working on, you know, being better instead of just showing up to class or, you know, not showing up to class, right? If you treat it just as a class, you know, getting a attendance award or, you know, participation award, then, okay, you're probably not going to get much out of it. But as you would always say, you know, you know, you study it, you think about it, and you're always, you know, this is your mindset, right? And you try to apply it to your lifestyle as well. The amount of gain that you can get from it is tremendous tremendous and you know that's i think that is the beauty of martial arts because there's so much of it that is not just limited to martial arts itself pretty much anything and everything you learn in martial arts even the combat stuff the combat theory is stuff that you can apply to life to your everyday life and i kind of just spoiled one of the questions that i was going to ask you about that <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, your perspective on it is probably going to be way more detailed and way more insightful than mine because I was just a student and you were the instructor and the master for many years. And so how do you feel about that? You know, what what you learn in martial arts and, you know, how you can apply it to life? Yeah, so, um, yeah, martial arts is, it's a way of life. It's, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we are taught from white belt all the way up. We have the tendons, respect, honor, gratitude, having a dominant attitude, um, all these different things, perseverance, integrity. All these things are virtues that should transcend outside of the dojo, the queen, the gym, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, these things build character. And these things, these virtues, help people become a better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So martial arts should be a lifestyle. It should be in everything you do. This is why um, I'm going to continue to bring this up because we're, we're Muslims. Mm-hmm. But this is why I always bring a lot of Islamic phrases because Islam is also what? Lifestyle. A lifestyle. The word deen, right? Mm-hmm. They translate into religion. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's also have a, another derivative, which can mean what? Way of life. Mm-hmm. Right? So I try to use that same um, theory in, in my martial arts because I, it can help a lot of people. Whatever you learn from your instructor at whatever dojo you go to, take the things that are necessary to enhance you in other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. That's what martial arts is, is a lifestyle, you know? See, like at the moment, I currently, I don't have a school, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to teach whoever want to learn, mm-hmm. you know? 
It's not my main source of income, but I still do it because it's a lifestyle for me. Right, right. You know, and, and, and with that being said, there's a lot of things people don't just go into martial arts for just for out of vain. People typically go into martial arts because they are trying to achieve something within themselves. Mm. They're trying to become more confident. They're trying to become more stronger. They're trying to lose weight. They're trying to be, you know, try to master oneself. Right. This is the reason why people take on martial arts to begin with. And what do these things do for them outside of the dojo? Everything. You're in school, you're a more confident person, you know. You're not prone to being bullied because you stand up for yourself. You know, when you go to a work environment, you're confident. Mm -hmm. they, they can see that through you. You know a martial artist when you see one. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There's a certain energy that comes with it. Yeah. Facts. And with many other things, it's like you don't start to realize that until you are around that crowd and until you've gained a certain level of experience. And then mm -hmm. even with like a, you know, the same can be said for Dean, right? You can tell by the yeah. way, before you even ask somebody like any specific, specific questions, be like, oh yeah, so name the Khulafah al-Rashidun, blah, 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 or, you know, some specific Islamic terminology questions or anything like that. From the way that they carry themselves, from the way that they speak and whatnot, from their behavior, you can tell like, oh, okay, this man is, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, we can't say, be like, oh yeah, this man is Jannah bound. No, we can't say that, but we can say like, this man is doing his best, the best of his ability to be conscious of Allah in his daily life and with what he does or what he chooses to do. So yeah, that's something that, that's another uh, very beautiful uh, parallel uh, between uh, martial arts and between religion. Uh, I feel like if we started, you know, we'd just be able to just name <laughs> like the whole a whole hour, two hours. We'd just be able to just talk about parallels between martial arts and religion, especially Islam, because there are just so many. There are just so many. Yeah. And there, there's a lot. Yeah. Are you saying that you have like a, an upcoming book about about these parallels, right? Yes, actually, I do. Um, I have a book that I'm writing, um, and it's, it's going to be about how Islam enhanced my martial arts journey. Mm. Because I'm a Muslim first and foremost, mm. then I'm a martial artist. And the way that I was taught these things, taught martial arts, it was from an Islamic perspective because both my instructors were Muslim, mm -hmm. my grandfather and my uncle, right. you know? Um, <clears throat> I, want, I don't want to spoil the book or anything, but I would say this much. You go to any style, any system of martial arts, mm -hmm. the highest level of achievement is enlightenment. No matter what the style, what country or continent it comes from, the highest level is enlightenment, which is derived from some sort of spirituality. Mm -hmm. And for me, and how I was taught that spirituality is Islam. You know, so, and that's something that I learned. And so, as I'm coming up in 
my uncle's system or my grandfather's system. I'm being taught one to be a warrior and then another to be a scholar because the higher I get in ranking, the more I must know about Islam. Mm-hmm. So that's the highest level. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, right? It's not an easy journey. It is not an easy journey. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had my shares of blood, sweat, and tears, literally. I believe that. Literally. I believe that. Yeah, no. That's the way that anything worth having is never easy. Because if it's easy, yeah. then it's not worth having. Because everybody exactly. can get instantly. Exactly. And instantly. You got you to gotta work hard for that. You got to work hard. Yeah. And you appreciate it. You got to work hard. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and those things that, that, that don't break you, right? What don't break you makes you stronger. And it's just knowing your limitations and knowing yourself, how far you can take, how far, how much you can take and how far can you go. And a lot of times um, students may not know know that, but if you find the right instructor, the instructor will know Mm. what's your breaking point and what's your growing point. Mm Right, yeah. and that's and that's and that's one thing that I see nowadays in the martial arts world is that it's, it's became watered down in a sense. The, the, the core essence has been washed up by this thing called money. Money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you start talking about money, people stop caring about virtues and and, and, and etiquettes yeah. that goes out the door. But I mean, like, this is what I'm trying to preserve. Mm. Those those old school teachings, mm-hmm. but with a modern twist, you know? I'm not stuck in some cave somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm still keeping keeping um, you know, aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find different ways of of touching people and 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 inviting them, you know, motivating and inspiring them. Mm-hmm. You know. Because you, know, you trained, you trained with my uncle before, had I didn't have any. Nah, I didn't have any sessions with him. Um, okay. See, me, you thought I was. You thought I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I met yeah. him. I met him a few times, and I'm just be like, "Whoa, this dude got an intimidating personality." Even when he's smiling, yo, he's just smiling. Yeah. Jokes. I'm just like. Yo, <laughs> you could just tell this dude means business. He don't play. <laughs> don't play, yeah, uh, yeah, man. So it, it's it's one of the things. But when I became an instructor, mm-hmm. I realized I realized my target audience, and I, I realized that the youth today is not the same mm-hmm. youth as when I grown up. Yeah, some of the things they're not able to handle mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying yeah. and i've seen that in my students you know like when you all were training I, I had to approach each one of you differently my teaching style was like that i touch on multiple subjects i touch on multiple things because i know you guys have multiple questions mm-hmm. right so i try to i try to teach a group of people but i hope you like 
I succeeded and make you guys feel like it was a personal session in some sense. Yeah. I don't know if you if you ever experienced that. So man, I had this question, he just answered it. You know what I mean? Or this is what I needed. I didn't know I needed this, but I needed it, you know? Yeah, so that's all. Yeah. So it's, it's it's quite different than how I was taught. I I was taught more militant way. Mm-hmm. But I know the youth cannot handle that. They cannot handle the militant um that that type of approach. How we have no students if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be a little tough. But yeah, and it is a constant battle in enjoying themselves and have fun while studying while training. You know, there's always been some pain involved, but like I said, for the breakthrough, it's yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I want to. My uncle, on the other hand, he breaks. No, sorry. <laughs> My uncle's chain, he breaks you, and then he builds you back up. Mm. Hello? Yeah, now I hear you. It's starting to lag a little bit. Well, I heard you. You said that he breaks you down, then builds you back up. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a lot more, uh, you know, you can build something with more uh, creativeness. And the mold is free when you're starting from scratch, as opposed to like, oh, there's already this part here. So I can only, you know, use this part over here. I can only build here. But when you're starting from scratch, you can just construct freely uh, without limits. Whatnot. The only limit is your creativity, your imagination, essentially. Mm. But you know, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned. Um, you said that you know you're not stuck in a cave, and whenever you're teaching, you try to do so with a modern twist. So that being said, um, you know, how do you feel about kung fu movies, fight sequences in modern movies, and fight sequences in cartoons and anime as a martial artist? All of those things has truth to it. They're derived from some truth, but they had to put the methodology in there, yeah. you know, to make it entertaining. Right. Anime for for anime for uh, uh, example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dragon Ball Z. That's the most infamous one when it comes to Uh huh. That right there, we we would call that we would call that cheese, mm. right? Cheese. But they just animated it. They they give you a visual picture of what it looks like. Right. Right. All these different things. Oh, uh, Naruto, the mm. Ninja Clan. All that stuff comes from truth. Mm. They just animated it. You know, they gave you a visual picture. The kung fu is a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. and the training methods and, and all that stuff. But they have to add some, 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 some you know, something to it to um, get the viewer's attention. Yeah. You know, it's a, there's some fiction and some non-fiction involved. Yeah. But there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And as a martial artist, I mean, when you watch those things, oh, I know what that is. You know, I know that symbol. I know that kanji. I know, you know, because we know. We train them every day, so we, we recognize the signs and the symbols. Mm. You know, one of these days, you know, inshallah, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to sit down and we're just going to have to go through some different scenes and just look at the the hand-to-hand combat. 
because you know sometimes it's beautifully well done and you can see it and then if you you know some you know something about martial arts like i don't have nearly as much experience as you but you know sometimes i'm watching some of these sequences and i'm just be like oh okay that's that technique then you change it with this and he threw this in there then he did some anime nonsense in the middle <laughs> and then he ended with this real technique here and it's like oh that's really cool because there's so many like beautifully choreographed and beautifully designed scenes and if you just like take mm -hmm. you just take the time to like study that scene and be like wow that's really cool all the awesome technique yeah. and just the way that they're showing them it's a, it's a really beautiful showcase for martial arts if you realize it as martial arts but if you just say like oh yeah this is just a show it's just a show then you're not going to take any thought you're just going to watch it real fast one time then you'll be like okay cool the music in that scene was nice yeah, and that's what most people do, you know. They just, oh, that's real cool, that's real nice, you know that. A lot of, a lot, because they haven't came across someone who could do some of those things in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And then they're like, wait, I've seen that move in the anime. Hold on. you seen Baki? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did that, he did that right there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, you know. Not knowing all these, these stories and these movies and these animated TV shows come from the real thing. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just more exaggerated or mm. Yep, yep, yep. No, we're definitely gonna have to do that, inshallah. I'll be very I'll be, I think that would just be a really fun experience. And um yeah. one last thing and then I'll let you go. I know you're a busy man um so martial arts you know it's not just about combat and as as we've mentioned or as you've mentioned you know there are mental and spiritual aspects as well so that being said yeah. how would you say martial arts has impacted you personally when it comes to your mental health and your view on the world mm. that's a really good question <laughs> i was thinking martial about that for a minute thank you <laughs> hmm. So martial arts, how it impacted my mental health in using the world. It, it impacted it in a way that I see things differently. Um instead of being more reactionary, hmm. a more I respond. There's a difference between Reaction and respond. Mm -hmm. People they react to the panic. I see it, analyze it, find a solution to my response. Mm -hmm. So you 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 dissect things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it and by doing that, it created a mental fortitude in a in a sense, on in a way that. You don't, you don't break. Your mind just don't break, and you're not easily influenced by social norms. Mm. You know, you become almost like a stranger mm. in a way, because people will look at you and it's like, I'm mostly quiet and to myself, mm. but I'm also aware of what's going on. And then when I, when I, when I decide to open up. I'm talking, I talk more and I express myself more. So 
martial arts helped me express myself. Mm. Um, fun fact, I never used to like presentations in school. Mm. I never was that person that I wanted to be in the forefront and put myself, I was shy, always shy. When I became an instructor, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to I had to project my voice. I'm uh, you know, I had to do all these things to to get the audience attention, to get, you know, to get the students' attention. And so it it it, it naturally made me more of a uh, of a leader, mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, you know, two things that you, you said that you know, once again, have more parallels with, you know, with Islam and with Deen is that, you know, in this world, you know, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us, Prophet peace be upon him, told us that we should be in this world as travelers, right? We shouldn't be super familiar with this world, right? Because this, this life is not going to last forever. This life is going to be difficult. It is going to be a test. We're not supposed to have every single level of comfort in this life. Because if we did, we wouldn't strive hard for anything because we're already comfortable. We have everything we want and we have everything we need. Why would we strive? There's no reason. So that's why in this life, we don't have everything we want. We don't have everything we need, right? We have to strive. We have to strive. We're not just going to get free handouts for every single thing. You're not just going to get $2 million here. You're not just going to get this awesome job here. You're not just going to get this beautiful wife here, these awesome kids here without any sort of effort. No, you got to strive for it. You got to strive. Right? And then the second thing is that, you know, I was just reading something like literally just earlier today, like you know, maybe less than less than an hour before our call, subhanAllah, and it was saying that there are some people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds in high esteem. And, you know, these people are the ones who they stay silent, right? They mm -hmm. see stuff going on around them and they're not just the ones to be like, they're not just the ones that are quick to argument. They're not the ones that are just like, who can't hold their temper. They just start yelling and start freaking out. Just like, Aah! no, they're not just trying to go super saiyan every single time something goes on, right? They stay silent and it's not because they're shy. It's not because they don't have the ability to speak, but it's because they have knowledge and they have wisdom and they are conscious of Allah. So they stay silent because of those reasons. And they, they are the who Allah holds in high esteem. So that's just, that's just and beautiful. I read that and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because so often those wow, people yeah, are just weak. Yeah. So, and, that, and, and that's, that's, that's subhanAllah. There's so many parallels, you know, between the two, between mm -hmm. martial arts and Islam. You know, because you, you see most martial artists to themselves. Real martial artists, they to themselves, they mind their business, mm -hmm. they do what they gotta do. But when it's time to stand up and defend themselves or someone that's lesser than them, this is what they do. Mm -hmm. They dare show courage when they have to. Yeah. yeah. They're courageous when they have to be, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. You learn to be, you learn to manage time in a way that a lot of people don't understand because the way this because it's derived from discipline you know and certain things you have to be you have to refrain from in order to achieve this mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah dieting um 
keeping your physical health, all these things require discipline. Yeah. And to um, and then Islam teaches the same thing. Islam is all about discipline. Mm-hmm. It's all about discipline. Um, if you look at it to the core, discipline of what? Discipline of the desires. Yeah. Right? Same thing with martial arts. It's the same thing. You want to go out there and do this, but you got to train. You got to study. You want to eat that right there? Oh, you want to put on weight. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're not allowed to eat that anymore. You know, you know what I'm saying? You require discipline. Yeah. No. Someone makes you upset or try to trigger you. Mm-hmm. You know, you require discipline. Definitely. So ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Master yourself in a nutshell. Is mastering discipline. That's deep. By mastering discipline, you gain that level of mastery. You can just take it yeah. anywhere. It's universal. Universal. Yeah. It's universal. Yeah. To persevere, you have to have what? Discipline. Very insightful. Very beautiful. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in to the next generation. Instructor Fahim, Sifu Fahim. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your insight. And you know, there are just so many different things to unpack from all your statements and everything that we talked about today. And we might have to do a few more episodes about this, a few new, a few more series. You know, definitely watching some anime together. I got, I got a few for you. I got a few for you. Inshallah, yeah, we just scratched the surface, man. Yeah, yeah. We just scratched the surface, but I'm looking forward to the next one, Inshallah. I appreciate your time, appreciate everything, and we'll see y'all next time in the next generation podcast episode. Have a good one. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.